Should Ryan Day stop making off-season changes to Ohio State's football team? You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We all know change is a part of life. It's a part of sports. It is something that's not going anywhere. And I do think there is more change coming to the Buckeyes football team in 2024. Welcome in, Buckeye fans, to a Wednesday edition of Locked on Buckeyes here on Wednesday, January 24th in the year 2024. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Ryan Day has been a man on a mission this year, and I really like the way he's starting off the current offseason. Making some changes to the coaching staff, acquiring really good talent to make the roster a whole lot better. And there's one thought in my head, one question that came to my head about Ryan Day and what he has done so far this offseason. Should Ryan Day stop making changes to the Buckeyes football team? Absolutely not. Now, you may say, Jay, we're good where we are. I would caution you and say, do you really believe the words coming out of your mouth? Because if you do, great, you're done. But if you don't 100% believe the words coming out of your mouth when you say, Day is done making changes in the offseason, he doesn't need to do anything else, if you don't fully believe that, let's pump the brakes a little bit. What he needs to automatically needs to make a make a change. There are only ten assistant coaches. Excuse me, nine assistant coaches on the team currently. There are ten spots, and I do believe Ryan Day will probably utilize a tenth spot to add somebody else to the Buckeyes assistant coaching staff. I do believe that wholeheartedly. But when it comes to recruiting players in the portal, think about what we have right now with Ohio State's football team. You have a team right now that has brought in a new safety in Caleb Downs, who has brought in a new quarterback in Will Howard, new running back in Quinshawn Junkins, a center and offensive lineman in Seth McLaughlin. You brought in Ohio Bobcat tight end, Will Kekmark. You're bringing in a lot of guys that aren't just good at the previous school. They make your roster better. Now, why in the world should Ryan Day stop there? If you're already on this path right now in this trajectory, you know the portal's opening up in the spring, probably towards the middle to the end of the Buckeyes' spring practice uh, session in 2024, another portal window is going to open up. And if there are players in that portal at that point in time that make your team better, that fit what you want in a football player, that fit the scheme that you have right now on offense and defense, bring them in. Bring them in. Just go ahead and do it. Absolutely, 100%. Bring them in. Because I said it before, I'll say it again. It's similar to a player at the professional level who was in a contract year. What do you know about them last year, last final year, their contract, and what are they doing? Man, they laying it all on the line in basketball. It could be a cat that averages 11 and a half points a game for three years. And he's kind of like, well, coach and the GM are saying, 
we can move on from him. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Hey, you ain't about to move, move on from me without a fight. And next thing you know, homie averages 23.8 points a game after averaging 11 and a half points a game. And this in here like, wait, 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 wait. Why in the world was that what we got previously? And why in the world are you giving us this now? But it's a contract year. I'm trying to get paid. And I can make the most money where I currently am. So how about I show up and show out in a big way, night in and night out, back to back, don't matter. I'm doing my thing on the basketball court. How about I do that right now? Hey, I'm cool with that. If you are in a contract year and you can make some money and you ball out, hey, go get your, your money, young man or young lady. Go get your bread. And so when it comes to Ryan Day, he is very much treating this similar mindset as a basketball player in a contract year, which ain't a bad thing. Now, you're probably like me wondering, why did it take three straight losses to Michigan for this to happen? Why did it take three years where you're not having a chance to play in the Big Ten Conference Championship for this to happen? Why is it the Buckeyes going, oh, I forget the bowl record, what, two and one in that period of time? No, no, oh, no, one and two, sorry, sorry, forgive me. I tried to forget about that Missouri game. I forgot about it so much that the only win in the three-year game, three year stretch was against Utah in the Rose Bowl, a game that really the Buckeyes had to lay it all the line and go all out to win by three over that Utah team. Very next year, lose to Georgia. Then this year, whatever we saw in the Cotton Bowl resulted in a loss. Why did it take all this for Ryan Day to go this way right now in the offseason? Well, Ryan Day, is this is his first time being a head football coach at any level, and you know when you do something for the first time and do it consistently year after year after year, year four or five, doing that thing over and over and over is a whole lot different and hopefully better than years one, two, and three. Take this podcast, for example. I'm telling you, if you heard this show, when I first started hosting this podcast, you're going to say, Jay, are you a newbie? Absolutely not. But what changed? I just got better. I, or maybe I got worse, depending on who, who was evaluating me at, the, at that point in time. But the show does not sound the same. There are things I do now with guests that I didn't do previously. The intro of this show isn't the same. The way we conduct ourselves from segment to segment to segment isn't the same. We don't have back when I first started, there was no YouTube for this show. Um, the intro music was the same, but then I found a way to do some interlude music on the audio side. So, even on the audio side, get some interlude music. Um, we added transition videos into the video portion of the show. We added so many, I mean, different things on the YouTube. Um, the show is being is shared on a 24 7 sports stream channel that locked one owns i mean there's so many different things that happen now that i am doing with this show because this is what year four or five i forgot the exact time period of me hosting this show and covering the buckeyes for the locked on podcast network it's just reality in the same thing for ryan day ryan day in year one blessed with a 2019 roster fortunate to have it 2020 a imagine what that team would have been without trey sermon it would have been a whole lot different. 2021, 20, what, would, what would have happened in that season if Jackson Smith and Jigba did not go off? You had Alave and Wilson, but in Jigba went off. 2022, what do you have? 2023, what did we see? A lot of things happened between 2019 and 2023 that 
have shaped and pushed Ryan Day to do a lot of the things he's doing right now. Hey, I don't know why it took this long for it to happen, but how about we be positive? I'm glad it is, and I'm sure you're glad it is as well. I don't think Ryan Day should be done making alterations to the roster or the football team at all. You got to hire another coach, and they want to bring in some support staff or an offensive or defensive defensive analyst. Great. Go ahead and do that thing. Make it happen. Ryan Day should also, something else he should make happen, there's a player out there in that portal in the spring that you can bring in to make your roster better immediately. Go do it. Nike slogan, just do it. That's exactly how Ryan Day's mindset should be. There's a guy out there you can get in a portal that makes you better. Just do it. Just go get that guy out the portal. Snag him because you got to because if you don't, somebody else will. Snag him. Caleb Downs, for example, Georgia thought they had him. Didn't snag him. Ryan Day went down, down there to Georgia. Snagged him. Now he's working on coming to Columbus to play the football coming up next we're going to analyze the offensive line depth at ohio state and discuss if the buckeyes are complete and satisfied with what they have at that position right now this episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel sportsbook we are a few days away from the conference championship round of the nfl playoffs and if you're like me you're looking for a way to spice up the nfl postseason do it with the fun action at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place simply a $5 bet. That's right, guys. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com. Once again, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on the YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, or national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel found only at the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Think about what Ohio State has on the offensive line. You got some guys returning that are starters that maybe they should start next year. Maybe they shouldn't. You got Josh Simmons still there. You got Donovan Jackson still there. You got Carson Hendman still there. You got Josh Fryer still there. Four of the five main starters a year ago are still on Ohio State's current roster. Great. Cool. Good for them. Not mad about it. I'm glad those guys are on the team. You bring in Seth McLaughlin, former center at Alabama, who probably will be the starting center at Ohio State. What does that mean for Carson Hensman? You have a guy like Luke Montgomery and George Fitzpatrick and Tago Shibola, uh, Enoch Vamahi. You got a lot of young guys there that, hey, maybe Enoch Vamahi's been around for a while. Does he start in the upcoming season? I'm not sure. Where I currently stand with this roster and with this team, as far as, far as the offensive line goes for the Buckeyes, I kind of view it like I did earlier with Ryan Day and if he should be done making offseason changes to the football team. 
I don't think what you got right now is complete. You got some questions at right tackle and right guard, maybe even a question at center or two. You got to go out there and get more guys if you can, because where it currently stands, you got guys that have played. I don't know if across the board right now, if you keep Fryer there, if you have Hensman there at center or guard. Among the guys that have mainly played, I don't know how that will stack up against the upper echelon big boy football teams in the sport. I say big boy football teams because we're not comparing ourselves to no Purdue University or Indiana University or the Ohio Bobcats. You're not comparing yourself to uh, Fresno State or you're not comparing yourself to TCU. You're not doing that. Alabama, Georgia. Washington. I know a lot of y'all are probably people that analyze the Michigan Wolverines football team and the roster and compare, hey, does Ohio State have a better offensive line? Do they have a better quarterback? Do they have a better running back? If some people do that thing all year round, I am not one that does it consistently, but there are times I will compare. Maybe Michigan has Ohio State here. That's not good enough. And Ohio State has them here. That is good. And they got to keep that thing above the Wolverines. But right now, as it stands, I think you could easily pencil in Josh Simmons at left tackle, Donovan Jackson at left, left guard. And if you want to put Seth McLaughlin at center, great. I'm cool with that if you want to knock out Carson Hensman. I'm not here saying my predictions just yet. However, I am saying this. The right side of the offensive line ain't set right now, buddy. No sorry, Bob. It's not set, and I am not comfortable coming in here and saying, hey, you put Hensman at guard and Fryer at tackle, and they're good. Absolutely not. Now, the other options that are there, George Fitzpatrick um, on the right side, maybe, or Luke Montgomery on the right side, or uh, Austin Cerevel, will he be able to make a jump and to get into the mix of being a guy that could be the starting one of the starting five offensive linemen? Um, Tickle Shabola, I have been saying last year before the season, hey, he might get to be a guy that starts in, well, I say before the season. <laughs> that was quite a bit of time before the season started because we saw that was not going to happen. It could happen in the upcoming season. I wasn't totally sold that Josh Fryer was going to start all 13 games, but what do we have? Josh Fryer starting all 13 games. I wasn't completely sold that Carson Hansen was going to start all 13 games. He didn't start all 13, started 12 of 13. I really think the 13th game he probably would have started, but he went on a podcast, said some things. I don't know if they were true or not, but he said some things there that I really wonder how that impacted him not starting or even playing in the Cotton Bowl. I truly believe that. I don't have concrete data to say that that's why. He is not started, didn't play in that game, especially when you make a switch with him and Donovan Jack, excuse me, him and Matthew Jones and Enoch Lamahi, and you realize the change you made wasn't working. It wasn't a formula for success, but what do you do? You keep sticking to what you enter the game with, which what do we find? It was not a good formula for the Buckeyes to win that game and to be successful on the offensive line. Still not over that game. It's not the Michigan game. No, that one would not be happy with me and sit well with me for a very long time. But however, it's just the Ohio State University and that game plan that the Buckeyes rolled out in the Cotton Bowl was poor, which is a big reason why I'm sitting here saying you got to make sure you got guys that are better than what you had last year. You have to. Didn't mean to get too soft on you with the volume of the voice. But hey, every now and then we got to tone things down just a tad. What the Buckeyes don't need to tone down, but more so turn up a little bit, <laughs> turn up a lot, is to play on the offensive line. Because next year, if things go like the Buckeyes think they will on the offensive line, you could easily have three guys get, get drafted 
on day two, round two or three. I am not making an exaggeration. Um, Simmons, Jackson, and McLaughlin, if they all play at the level that is an upper echelon Big Ten level, you could have all three of those guys, left tackle, left guard, and center, be day two or three picks, excuse me, round two or three picks in the upcoming NFL draft. Well, about a year and a half from now, not, not upcoming. That one's in a few months. But that's realistically what you're looking at. Now, you have guys in the backfield, and Quinshawn Juck and the Trevion Henderson and Will Howard, that can do what? Scoot a little bit. Just a little bit. Quinshawn Juckins, 20, what, 700 rushing yards in two years at Ole Miss? Um, I believe someone said he was. I didn't fact check this. Um, heard through the grapevine that he was a leading rusher in the SEC. Like, hey, bro, if you that good, you in Columbus, hey, tote that rock now. How do they do with Henderson and Juckins rushing the ball together at the same time? Hey, not at the same time, but, you know, sharing the rock a little bit. How do they do? I think those two will be fine. Will the Buckeyes need better O-line play to work with the improved backfield that Ohio State has? Absolutely. Because imagine how frustrated Quinshawn Juckins might be if he comes to Columbus and all of a sudden he goes from 1,500 rushing yards to 1,100 rushing yards to 600 rushing yards, and it's not because he's splitting time with Henderson. It's because the O-line ain't really blocking like that. He'd be upset. And I'd be upset with him. Because that's not acceptable. What is acceptable is better O-line play. The depth at Ohio State's on the, well, at Ohio State on the O-line, I'm not satisfied with it. Absolutely not. It's very similar to the quarterback position. And I saw a graphic out there that the Buckeyes have a loaded offensive, excuse me, loaded quarterback room. And I may go in more in depth with this soon. Now, I don't want to be to be a Debbie Downer, some might say, or a negative Nancy or whatever people might say, whatever it is. One thing that I want to say about the quarterbacks at Ohio State, outside of Will Howard, everybody's unproven. Every single quarterback, from Devin Brown to Lincoln Keenholds to Julian Sand to Aaron Nolan and all the walk-ons that are there, everybody's unproven. So it's very similar to the Buckeyes in 2014, where outside of Braxton Miller, who unfortunately got hurt going into that game, that first game of the year in 2014, you ain't know what you had with anybody on that roster outside of Braxton Miller. He goes down. JT Barrett blows up and plays well. He goes down. Cardo Jones. But when Cardo Jones was going to the Big Ten Championship game, I was there. And you know what my thoughts were in that time? I can't say it for Braden. That was a long time ago. But I will say this. I didn't know what I was going to get out of him. Just like in the Cotton Bowl. Now, oh, let me pump that a little bit. Pump the brakes. I'm going to say pump that. And y'all wonder, where this man going? No, pump the brakes. The one thing about Devin Brown versus Cardell Jones is we got a little bit to see about what the offense might be or the, how they wanted to utilize Devin Brown. When it came to his arm, buddy, we ain't know who he was getting. Nobody did. When Keenholz went in, we didn't know who he was getting. And we quickly saw what we got and what kind of quarterback he was, at least at that point in his career. The O-line depth is not good enough. It has to get better. And if you have to go to the portal to get better players, so be it. Do it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Ryan Day might need to do it. So one thing else, something else with the Buckeyes assistant coaching staff roster, quick, fast, and in a hurry. 
We'll dive into what that is next here on Locked on Buckeyes. Let's try to get the words a little bit more in order now after the break than they were prior. One thing about Ohio State's assistant coaches, am I satisfied with the guys that are currently there from Bill O'Brien to Brian Hartline to Tony Alford to Justin Fry to Larry Johnson to Jim Knowles to Tim Walton to Matt Guerrero? Am I satisfied there? Yes? No? I think with Hartline, you're cool. Up and comer on the offensive side of outside of the ball as far as orchestrating and controlling the entire room. You got B.O.B. Bill O'Brien. Still not sure if we're going to go with that nickname, but for now, that's what we got. Tony Alfer, his track record speaks for itself. Comfortable. Justin Fry, you got to do a whole lot better with the old line, buddy, because if not, he might be gone gone soon too. Tim Walton, absolutely. Larry Johnson, hey, 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 I ain't satisfied. Tim uh, Tim Walton, Jim Knowles is fine. Uh, Matt Guerrero, okay, cool. Come on in. I'm not really satisfied with everything here. If they want to bring in a linebackers coach, great, because what we got out of the linebackers last year was not up to par, not uh, set to the standard that has been set at Ohio State. Look, we're going to speculate, and eventually, maybe later on this week, we'll go ahead and kind of predict the offensive and defensive depth charts, and you're going to see that, well, there's a lot of experience on one side of the ball and not as much experience on the other side of the ball. That's one thing we will see. We will also see maybe a shuffling of one guy, Sonny Styles, that I do think will be a better fit for him at this level and at the next level, assuming or whenever he decides to go to the National Football League. But I it's just very similar to how I view Ryan Day coaching the offense and QB coaching. Jim Knowles being the head coach of the defense, but he's still coaching a position. You got to find a linebackers coach, man. Somebody you trust, somebody that you that you believe can tap into some of the things that these guys can do, but they aren't doing consistently on the football field. Because if not, we might be having the same conversations over and over and over and over again. What have I said on this show a lot? We have not seen Ohio State's linebackers play up consistently at the standard that has been set for that position for quite some time. After really 2019, 2020, were you sold with Baron Browning and how they were using him and Pete Warner with how they were using him? A lot of you were not. What do we find when they go to the National Football League? He gets put in his right position. The rest is history. Jonathan Cooper gets put in his right position. The rest is history. So how about one thing we do with the coaching staff? Put guys in the right spot. Number two, have guys on here that can recruit. Number three, make sure the coaches put the players in the right spot on the field for them to be successful, number one. But also a lot of angles to this conversation so that side of the ball can be all it can be. Now, I have heard speculation from some people. Josh Fryer should move to right guard, not right tackle. I do think Fryer is better suited on the inside than the outside because at times, I don't say it was a complete turnstile because I think it's a little harsh to say about somebody in this context. However, there are numerous times Fryer got beaten pass coverage. Just too slow. Some guys don't have the speed 
the hip quickness, the feet quickness, the foot quickness, the hand quickness, the uh, flexibility. Some guys just don't have it at that position. It's not a bad thing. It's just the reality of the situation. Also, another reality of the situation is that on defense, did the Buckeyes play Sonny Styles at the best position for him on the Buckeyes defense? I'm not answering the question. This one's for you. No, class not in session because class would have a pen. Bam, got that. We'll have a little paper. Bam, got that. I always got paper and pen next to me when I'm behind the mic with you guys every single day of the week. Well, Monday through Friday, your team every day. I'm not really sure. Um, Not class is in session. However, you can answer a question or two or ten. No, ten's too much. No, I don't think they had him in the right spot. Absolutely not. No. Now, do I think it should have come off the field when Hancock came on the field? Absolutely not. Once again, if everybody's healthy, put Sonny Styles a linebacker. 6-4-2-30, deep back half of the secondary. Is that the best thing? Does he possess the same skill set as Isaiah Simmons of Clemson a few years ago? I don't think it's all the same. Simmons was a really quick on his feet, a quick reader of the plays, and may and gave guys fits. I think if you put Sonny Styles at linebacker, I think he'd be better suited and better prepared for what's going to come in the upcoming season. Also, he really boosts and improves your pass coverage at the LB position because next year, if it's him and Cody Simon, Cody's great. Really good. I won't say great. It's really high of a uh, evaluation grade. Um, He's really good at stopping the run. He's really good there. Needs some work there in the pass coverage game. Not atrocious. Just needs some work. But if you have Sonny there, perfectly fine. I think they will complement each other so so well in the upcoming season, people are going to be wondering why did it take till this point in their careers for this to happen at one point in time? I don't have all the answers and neither do you. All we have is speculation. It's sitting here saying you got to add more coaches. If it happens to be somebody, go out there and get Jason Taylor down there at Miami. Great. Get him. Bring him to Columbus. Is it a D-tackle, D-in type of situation for him and Larry Johnson? Maybe. But also, you have a young up-and-comer. We talked about it before. He's going to be able to recruit guys. And I do believe some of these guys that we watched play football when about 5, 10, 15 years ago, uh, what are they going to do? Be great teachers. I am a Colts fan. I don't shy away from that. I grew up a Colts fan, Peyton Manning. Dwight Franey, Edwin James, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, Ken Doger, uh, uh, oh, Marcus Pollard. I almost said Tony Pollard, running back. Marcus Pollard. Man, I mean, uh, 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 so many. Jeff Saturday. So many good teams. So, so many good guys. And Robert Mathis was one of those guys that I watched growing up, loved watching him play the football, number 98. And what does he do in the offseason? Teaches young players how to play the game, specifically at the D-line, D-end position. Why? He wants to shed some of that info that he has and share it with somebody else at another level. I like it. I see his videos all the time. I follow him on the Instagram. And what do I find there on the Instagram? Him coaching and players getting better. Him coaching and players getting better. Him coaching players knowing who he is, relating to him in a little bit of a way that 
connects with their fandom. And what do you find? Players are getting better. With that in mind, is it time to make James Lord not just the LB coach at Ohio State? I'm not ready to say yes. I am not ready to just say no. What I am ready to say is this. If that is something that is on the table, what are we waiting for? He's already in-house. He's a Buckeye legend. He's a multi-time All-American. What are we waiting for? Money? Contracts? I don't know. I have no idea. But what I do know is this. The coaching staff, it's improved. It's not complete. There's more work to be done. Out of here on a Wednesday. Earlier in the show, I almost said hump day. I almost got my worst words tied. I was like, oh. It is a hump day. Almost at Tuesday. This week's been a little weird getting back after the honeymoon last week and being in the Bahamas. And trust me, that cruise we went on was phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you've never been on a cruise, definitely, definitely, definitely go on one. Out of here on a Wednesday. Almost at Tuesday again. You can follow me on next at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. We are out of here on a hump day, Buckeye fans. We will. See you next time.